You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And yesterday I missed Shapiro World because of a wonderful May Day holiday. But so I'm incorporating Shapiro World with the five o'clock shadow. So it's just myself and David Shapiro from Sesame Securities this evening. David, a few things have happened since we last spoke. The first thing is that the South African Reserve Bank, rather sneakily on Wednesday, tightened exchange controls. I don't know if people are making too much of this, but I conducted a very interesting interview with a personal wealth manager uh, earlier on this afternoon. And it does seem quite a thing. What do you make of this, this 10 million story that is now becoming very difficult to effect? Um, we haven't had, is this, uh, are they tightening up specifically? Because we haven't had any issues on this tour. So I don't know what the, uh, uh, whether they're making it more difficult in the sense that they're checking your tax a lot in a lot more detail or alternatively, uh, it's the application because I find that very, very odd. I think what has happened is, well, I, I know what has happened is that they've put forward the proposal that, yes, you can still take 10 million out a year, but there are far more stringent checks on where that 10 yes, million came yes. from. So you have to say, yes. well, where did, where did you get that? And they say, well, you yes. know, I sold, um, I sold a, a holiday home uh, 22 mm. years ago. And it's only now yeah. I can afford the 10 million and you've got to have documentation. It goes on. Uh, yeah. It's become very, very onerous to That's, actually get the 10 yeah. million out so they they they're blocking you they're not they're not cancelling it but they're blocking mm. you and eventually just nah. like you when you want to sign up a new client or something you say oh my goodness i don't want to do this there's too many forms yeah, yeah. i thought that was it because you have to be tax compliant yes and they they much more stringent in looking at your tax and understanding where those numbers came from so i don't think that's new when i say new We've been encountering this for some time. You know, it's, uh, in some cases, they become more efficient in doing it. But if your taxes are not 100% up to date and are not, uh, what's the word, transparent, yes. then you do have issues. Lindsay, I, just to add to that, we have enormous problems on the other side as well. So even if we do take the $10 million out and we try and open up an account at a foreign bank, uh, the interrogation is even more intense to the point that if, for example, um, you say to me, you know, you, you push over 10 million rand and they say, Lindsay, where do you get it? I say, I inherited it. They won't, they won't accept it. No. Where did you inherit it from? What did your dad do or your mother? How did he make the money? Blah, blah, blah. So we've been going through this for some time now and it's, 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 it's getting tighter as they try. Well, they, you know, they're trying to, trying to uh, protect against money laundering and, and money just going out for the – and also sometimes uh, if you're not a taxpayer, uh, you use that uh, through your wife. But, I mean, that's okay if you're joint taxpayers. It's not, not bad. But anyway, I, it is um, – it, it's becoming a lot more – um, intense in, in, in that respect, yeah. There's a lot more to it than, than what we've yeah. just sketched, um, sketched over here. But um, – I think it, you, your the, the, earnings have got to be there. Do you know what I mean? They've yes. got to make sure that you've had the earning capacity to make that money to send it. You yes, know, it's all got to and, be above board, mm, but it has mm, to be anyway. Mm. But what they've done now is made it. Uh, there's some new legislation mm. which I don't um, 
understand it's called an IAT, International Approved Transfer, I think it is. But anyway, they've brought in new legislation uh, to put people off sending it out. And the more worrying thing is that they must be, SARS and uh, the South African Reserve Bank must have sat down together over the last few weeks and said, okay, we've got the round at 1840 now, and uh, have a look at the books. Our tax base yeah. is shrinking and our mm. expenditure is yes. rising. We've yeah. got to somehow stem the flow. Really, uh, it, it's, it's quite probably, disturbing. Uh, yeah, I think it's more, there's also the elements of tax evasion, not a tax avoidance, but tax evasion as well. Yes. I think that could be behind it as well. Very, very nervous of money flowing out that... Uh, where did you get this from? You know, this doesn't appear in your tax. If I try to reconcile this with, uh, you know, it, 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 I reconcile this with the earnings, where did you find this money? So it's those kind of questions that are becoming very, very difficult. I, I, I You know, I, I don't know how many people have got 10 million anymore to, to take exactly. out. So hmm. I think a lot of people have taken them. But it's uh, I, if there's anything that you, if, if you ever you want to scare the population, just say we're imposing change exchange control yeah the planes the train yeah the trains uh you won't get out this country fast enough you know what i mean it's uh it's the one thing that will scare people and scare investment and scare everything but it's uh anyway it's uh, i i i think it's a country that has to improve its governance and i mean there's so many so many loopholes here and so many uh what's the word fissures or cracks in the system money just leaks out all the time um david yeah. let's um, have a look now at what you read over the very long weekend if you include mm -hmm. friday i know you probably work friday but on the other hand <laughs> your, your <laughs> wife's away it's a long weekend <laughs> what do you do watch football and of course read stuff the I reason did, i yeah. want you and, and i want to know if you read something in the financial times that fine newspaper um an interview with charlie munger did you read it no, I didn't. I, funny enough, I wrote an article on Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett this weekend. Interesting. I, I, I didn't. I, I, and the question I wanted to ask, in fact, I've written it for Business Day on Friday. Yeah. Uh, because the meeting is on Saturday evening. But I wanted to know whether he'll be there because he's 99. He is 99. Uh, mm, <laughs> I, we, I, I will read that. I promise you, as soon as I put down this phone, I will read that article. I didn't know it appeared... Uh, or where it appeared, because I did go through the FT. I read, you know, I always read the lunches with or so and so, or th 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 those articles. But he's, um, yeah, you know what? He's a Republican. Buffett always calls him Old Testament, you know, <laughs> like a uh, uh, very conservative man. But anyway, but he's 99. He's a multi-billionaire mm. uh, through his mm. skill. But he says the following. Fortune magazine picked this up from the FT. It says here, Charlie Munger has never been known to mince words, but lately he stepped up his patented wry criticisms of the financial world. In a little over a year, the Berkshire Hathaway vice chairman has likened Bitcoin to rat poison, blasted gambling parlor <laughs> stock brokerage for encouraging risky investing, and compared meme stock traders to heroin addicts. He's also mm. said, and this is what interested me, is that he says most money managers, and this is you, Shapiro, are little more than fortune tellers or astrologers. He's 99. It doesn't matter what he says. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. Well, he doesn't care. Uh, People do care. No, I, He's I'm gone a bit bonkers, I think. Mm. No, he hasn't. I, th I think it's, 
Um, I've got a lovely quote here. You know, what what I've done is that I attended uh, eight meetings. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to work out how many. I did attend about eight meetings live. And then, you know, after it became, uh, they started to stream, I thought, why do I have to trek all the way to Omaha, which is not exactly on, on most tourist destination maps. No. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult place to get to. And uh, anyway, and, and so I've been streaming ever since. And what I've done assiduously over those years is taken notes and, you know, of their comments. And uh, I've put my knowledge together, you know, put, uh, going through all those notes. Unfortunately, I only had about 500 words or 600 words, so you can't get a lot. But a lot of good advice. But he's always been like – he's sometimes very – in fact, to be honest, he's the man who changed Buffett from looking at qualitative, in other words, from being a value investor to looking businesses to looking at businesses with you know competitive advantages that you know can continue their earning power and that you know uh, are going to still be around in ten to fifteen years. So he's um, he was the one. In fact, he was the one who put Buffett into China into BYD. They had that very big holding in Build Your Dream, which today I think is the biggest electric car company in the world uh, in terms of sales or number of vehicles they sell. So uh, he's been very smart and strangely enough progressive, even though he's a grumpy old man, you know, (laughs) but uh, he he swifted. I mean, he shifted Buffett's uh, thinking. He says, um, yeah, it's actually interesting. I managed to get it up, even though I don't have a subscription. It says here, Charlie Munger has warned of a brewing storm in the U.S. commercial property market, with American banks full of what he said were bad loans as property prices fall. The other thing he said, which I found very interesting, which is almost self-deprecating, almost against himself and Mr. Buffett, is that he said, we've just been lucky. We've been investing for so many years now in a perfect environment with low interest rates. And he's, he's almost said, we, we know that's not quite the truth uh, because they're really, really excellent stock pickers uh, in, in the main, I think. But that's, that's what he says about himself, yeah. perfect conditions, which I also found interesting. They've gone off the boil. I mean, they made big they, – they, they, he made a big investment or Buffett did in IBM, which went sour. Um, a lot of the other stuff hasn't really come right. Um, Apple has. You know, they, they own a huge amount of Apple, which was unusual for them. They missed the complete technology boom. So I am, um, and for whatever reason, and they're sticking to uh, incorrectly, so they missed a lot of those gains. But but I think what what's always attracted me is their simplicity. You know, yeah. um, uh, I, I'm just going to read, if I can, from our article here, um, which is – which. Uh, he says, you know, their formula is to invest in businesses that shout at you, solid operations with enduring competitive advantages that build their earning power. Also, know what the business will look like in 10 to 15 years' time. If you need a spreadsheet or computer to decide, then don't do it. If it's not obvious, walk away. Nor do you need to spread your investments too wide. You know, this is uh, spreading too wide. He says, if you have a harem of 40 women, you never get to know any of them very well, Buffett jokes. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, so it's it's that kind of a – I mean, he that the same thing is that um, they seldom discuss macro issues. You know, they, they say, why 
spend your time um, examining forecasts of the economy, which of which you know nothing. And they said, you know, always say that uh, monitoring the Fed Reserve is like watching a good movie where you don't know the ending. You know, in other words, no one knows where they're going. So they prefer to look at businesses uh, rather than try and guess the macro environment. But I'll, you know, you know what I mean. It's that kind of very down-to-earth simplicity that that makes them appealing. He said, just as we end this conversation, it says here, it's gotten, he says, it's gotten very tough to have anything like the returns that were obtained in the past, he said, pointing to higher interest rates and a crowded field of investors chasing bargains and looking for companies with inefficiencies. At the exact time that the game is getting tougher, we've got more and more people trying to play it, he said. So he's very scathing and he's, yeah. he's getting yeah. ready to bow out, of course, yeah. and he'll either do that naturally um, um, I, yeah, or they, you'll just they, retire. Yeah. yeah, I think very critical of uh, you know of the investment community, simply because of their involvement in derivatives and options and and you know hedge trading and and those kind of things. I'm surprised on the, the property market is a worry. You know that uh, I mean, how do you encourage young people to own a house? You know, that's, that's, that's a big worry with me. And I see it with children. You've got children. Um, Sometimes they have to take risk and they have to, you know, they have to get loans. They can't do it without without bank. And, uh, you know, what's happened now as a result of it, which we saw with First Republic Bank, is that they had huge bets on property markets. And that, you know, as rates went up and the value of those properties went down, of course, so so did their, the margin of capital go down, you know, and fell fell into negative territory. So I always wonder about the, you know, about property. What what do you do to encourage young people to to actually own a house and to literally put down foundations? Yeah, it is uh, it is difficult. And many I know in Europe, renting is far more prevalent mm. than it is in yeah. the United States of America. You know, the American dream is you know have a yeah. have a house, uh, house. have a house mm. and uh, a couple of kids and a dog and everything, and you your kids cycle to school and all that sort of thing, which is lovely. But it's just not this mm. is not the case in 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 Europe. Um, no. David, what happened on the JSC today? I've been very lazy. I haven't really looked, and it, having not had a looked lot. in the last ten minutes, not yeah. much. I don't think. No, I think you know the talk now is all around tomorrow. It's the Fed, and yes. a little bit nervousness. I think they baked in already another twenty-five point hike. Uh, the debate around the debt ceiling goes on, and on and on. Uh, the Republicans want, uh, you know, the, they want budget cuts. Uh, White House says you're not going to get it. So Janet Yellen's concerned because America will run out of money. So that's that's playing on everybody's mind. That is like a Hitchcock thriller, you know, until the last minute, just to use the movie analogy again. Um, so that that that's been the new, you know, that's been the news as well. And I think this whole First Republic Bank, but it seems to have blown over to an extent. Yes. Uh, I, you know, Lindsay, I still think it's a worry for the reasons that that I just mentioned now. Is that you know if they keep raising rates, funny enough, rates are not going up; they're going the other way uh, as the economy slows down. But if you keep raising rates, yes, then it's very difficult if you've lent long and borrowed short. In other words, you know you're financing houses; uh, the collateral starts to fall again. That was the whole background to the collapse that we saw in seven, oh eight. Although it's nowhere near those kind of levels, but it does put pressure on on some of the smaller banks that are in that area. 
of the market. So I don't know whether it's fully blown over. If rates keep going up or the Fed keeps pushing up rates, yeah, then there might be further stress on the system. So at the back of our mind is, you know, we've got all these problems still. You know, it's not, it's not clear roads ahead. I, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled how the markets have held up. Uh, but there's still, you know, at the back, you're still waiting for another shoe to drop or something to happen and saying, okay, are we really over it? You know, and when, when, when the Fed declares it over, you know, if they ever are, then I'll say, okay, I feel a little more comfortable now. But, um, it's, 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 it's a difficult market. We're down today. I yeah, think I the US see markets that. are also down. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll come to that in a second. Let's, um, mm. let's have a, a, a quick look at those markets. Because um, mm. I've got the yeah, the rand's under pressure. I'm worried yeah. about South Africa. We don't yeah. need to go into yeah. it now, but I, I, I read the, the Daily no, Maverick, which is which is a fine mm. publication, but send, uh, mm. sort of leans towards not sensationalism, but uh, but uh, a brutal reality rather than a tempered reality. Mm. Uh, so anyway, mm. uh, dollar rand, um, 1848. British pound against that's, the rand. 20- that's worry. Yeah, that you know, that's what I'm saying. We not. I'm not. Shame. I don't want to just uh, stop you in your tracks, but I'm mm. saying it's a worry that we are at 1848 because the dollar's kind of getting weaker. It's not strong. No. The pound has been stronger against the dollar. The euro has been stronger against the dollar simply because their rates are going higher than the U.S. rates. And, and one would have thought with our, you know, with the Reserve Bank here putting up, but it's not behaving well. And at 1848, it's beginning to reflect exactly what you're saying, you know, deep structural worries here. So, yeah. Gwede yeah. Mantashe, by the way, on a 702 talk radio interview over the weekend, had the temerity, the gall, to say he blames the private sector for the Eskom crisis because uh, they didn't yeah. um, they didn't invest in uh, private public or public private partnerships. And as they pointed out, they said, well, "Wait a second, there were no guarantees of returns. There was no regulations. There was no white paper. There was there was nothing to allow us to go in there. Because what are we going to no. do? They give you ten billion and then it's it's frittered no, away by no. corruption. It was an outrageous." comment over over the weekend you know what i'm going to say it again Mm. as long as we have gweddy there as long as we have the class of 94 still there we're not going to do nothing's going to happen you can stand on your head as long as the team that's in charge that has taken us down remains we're never going to get up Mm. you know you can't have people like gweddy continuing to run the country you know, with these outrageous statements. I mean, you know what I mean? And I'm making yes. a business comment that's not political. It's uh, you've got no hope of having when the people in charge have no idea what's going on. Uh, you can't expect this economy to turn around. No, you can't. Anyway. Uh, <coughs> Come on. Kirsty's going to blip that out. Hold a second. <coughs> Anyway, back to the markets, David. Uh, dollar round 1848, as I said, that's a 1% gain for the US dollar against the rand. And you'll yeah. see what that means in a moment when you see what the dollar has done against other currencies. Yeah. British pound against the rand is better off. It's 2303, but still a 0.3% gain for the pound. Euro rand 2030. I think that's an all-time record yeah. low for the euro. Yeah. Uh, high for the euro, low for the rand. 0.8% better for yeah. the euro. Uh, euro dollar is 109.85, and that means a dollar that has fallen in value um or rather a, mm. a euro that's gained in value by 0.2 percent 
Uh, then what have we got here? British pound 124.65. Okay, gold price 2010 up 19. Platinum down 11 to 10.74, and palladium down 83 dollars per ounce to 14.32. Mm. Other commodities which we have yeah, to look at. Yeah, you are. Look at this. Yeah, of course. Look at this. <laughs> look at Brent crude oil. $76 a barrel on the nose, down 4.2%. Sure, sure. I mean, what is 85 mm. minus 10 uh, as a percentage? What What is a $10 fall from 85? It's, it's, it's more than 20%. No, it's more than 20%. No, it's not more than 20%. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, no, it's a lot of percent. Oh. So my hedge fund's doing very mm. well. Uh, oh, West Texas no, crude. No, you call that wrong. And it's it's sure. I mean, and uh, it's it's you know this is the, it should have been double the price. People were calling it, or investors calling it, a lot higher than it is now. Yeah, right. And this is reflecting what's worrying in the in the global economy. You know, it's a sign. It yeah, is a sign. Seventy-six. It was eighty-seven. Less when than four after weeks the ago, OPEC, five weeks uh, of, ago? Yeah, when yeah, we said yeah. let's sell it, okay. Yeah. Uh, West Texas crude seventy two dollars fifty six down four point one percent. Natural gas uh, four point six percent weaker. Coal prices down a half. Um, mm -hmm. Iron ore mm -hmm. down two and three quarters percent. Mm. Lumber down three percent again. It's going. In, we're going into recession, David, but we'll yeah. talk about that yeah. another day. Uh, onto the capital markets now. The South African ten-year bond yield, uh, ten point two one percent is the yield there. The U.S. ten-year bond yield is three point. Let me just refresh because it's whizzing around a little bit. Yeah, it was three fifty-four two hours ago. It's now three forty-four, and that's a three point six percent move to the downside. Uh, for the 10-year for the bond yield. Again, leaning towards with the poor GDP number coming out of the States since we last spoke, that people are saying we're going into recession. So the rate yeah. rises are mm. over. That's what, that's what mm. it suggests. Mm. Um, mm. S&P 500 futures, um, what are they doing? They were down about... Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, my down, goodness. No. They've suddenly yeah, no, fallen they've on down. their heads. They've suddenly fallen the... Yeah. I, I, in fact, it's actually while we've been talking. Talking, yeah, exactly. It's actually because when I, when you were talking, I uh, had jotted down the S&P, which was down 0.6%. It's now 1.6% there. And so something triggered this yeah. as well. The June futures. I don't know whether there's any new. Mm. Uh, well, news, you'll, you'll find I mean, that out while is, I'm giving the prices. 1.7% mm, uh, mm. weaker for the June 2023 S&P 500 futures, which is a really, really big move in a short space of time. Bitcoin, mm. that's probably down as well. Yeah, it's down very slightly, 28,454. And don't forget that Charlie Munger has called Bitcoin rat poison. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say a word, but he's a shrewd old 99-year-old. Let me put it that way. Okay, my moves on the day, David. Um on the JSC Securities Exchange look like this. Um, Montauk Renewables, I never know whether to mention that at all, but it's up 8 and mm -hmm. a third percent. Carew, you were talking about that the other day, 8.1% yeah. 8, 8 yeah. high. Goldfields up 3 and 3 quarters. Harmony up 3 and a third. People positioning themselves because people are going to go into gold. That's the assumption of gold mining investors. Quilter up 3.2%. Now, you must tell me if any of these are ex-dividend. Alphamin down, down 5%. Pick and pay down nearly 5%. So is Absa Group. They must be ex-dividends. Why would they be down so much? Northam's down nearly 4%. And MTN also nearly 4% weaker. Out of those five I've just mentioned on the downside. No, Absa... None of them, none of those are ex-dividends. Really? Those all have to do with concerns. In fact, there was a headline in the Business Day this morning, which was 
quoting an Alan Gray publication saying that, uh, you know, beware of uh, low valuations. They're not that attractive. In other words, with high inflation and high interest rates, uh, this is a value trap. I think talking about the local market. So yeah. I think that would apply a lot to retailers, a lot to banks, and a lot to companies where people believe that they are, uh, you know, they're attractive. I agree. I'm not, you know, I've got no illusions about where this economy is heading. Okay, David, give us the closing JSE indices on the first day of the latest short trading week. And so we closed down 0.88%. Uh, 77533. The top 40 was down 0.96% at 71884. And it was weakness right across the board. The only area that showed any strength was gold shares, you know, where I think uh, um, Angla Gold and uh, Goldfields Harmony mm. featured in that. Otherwise, the mining sector down, you know, with the iron ore price down, you mentioned how low it is, 103, 104, and copper coming down and so on, your bulletins and Anglos and Rio Tintas, those companies that mine iron ore uh, have been under pressure. Uh, platinum shares also down a bit as well. They've kept up with gold recently, but now showing weakness again. And then banks we mentioned, you know, because of the concerns, uh, all the major banks are down. Uh, Investing slightly better, Lindsay, because of uh, the pound, you know, just translation mm. of the price there. So weaker and uh, against the pound and substantially weaker has you know, has propped up the pound shares in, in on our market. But uh, industrials also, um, you know, showing weakness there. If you look at the industrials, um, other than Richmond, which also benefited from a, or we benefited from the weak rand process, Anheuser-Busch, British American Tobacco, all of those were lower. In fact, it looks, I'm just taking a guess now, it's probably two to three losses for every one gainer um, in, in the market. Okay, so bad, uh, a bad start, to, as I said, oh. what is another short uh, trading week. Okay, let's yeah. move on to something else now, David, because I'm just going to give you my portfolio of teams that I support. I've supported Ipswich mm. since 1975, mm. slavishly, mm. unstintingly, loyally, and mm. for the first time in 23 years, they've been promoted. It's always been downhill for the last 23 years, and um, suddenly, through the generosity of the Arizona State Pension Fund, Ipswich have recruited sensibly, brilliant young manager, 36 years old, ex-Manchester United coach, um, and they beat, uh, they needed to win on Saturday to guarantee promotion, and they did do. They were 5-0 up after 32 minutes, and then they took <laughs> their foot off the pedal, and they won 6-0. Okay, so Ipswich are promoted, very good news. City, I'm sorry to say, I thought they were rather fortunate to beat Fulham on Sunday, 2-1, yeah. but they're top of the league now, still with a game in hand, so that's also good for me because I'm a Pep fan, as you know. Um, then you've got uh, Barcelona. Uh, they are 11 points clear at the top of La Liga and romping away to a title there. And finally, Feyenoord, also top of their division in the Netherlands. So I've got... I've got all four. Four out of four. Four out of four. Mm. It's never happened in my life before. Have I made anything out of it? No, but I've got great joy out of it all. A full house. Fantastic. Not a full house. I mean, no, but yeah. you know, yeah. And tonight it's Arsenal Chelsea. So Arsenal can bounce back. Mm. I hope they can. I don't know. I've just got uh, unhappy feeling about where they are. And it's interesting that, uh, but I, I read an interview with Arteta just pre match, and, you know, he's, 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 it's philosophical. He said, you know, at the be you have to congratulate all the people who've contributed to where Arsenal are. Yes. At the beginning of the season, they were fighting for a top four place. 
You know, no one ever thought they'd be in top of the league. And, you know, I, I think he's correct in recognizing that. He knew that he had a, a very young and inexperienced squad. And it requires, it requires a pep and it requires a, a really a lot of experienced players to take the English league, as well as it does uh, Barcelona, you know, the Spanish. Yes. You can't just waltz in and take those. So I think, uh, you know, credit to him. I think that he's, he's a realist. Uh, he's not bemoaning the fact that, that he was, they were totally outplayed. He admits it. And they were. Mm. It was boys against men, you know. So I think, I think I'd be, you know, I'm just happy that they can act, actually hold on. I like what I see in Newcastle. They're a tough team. They need. They're going to pop up their side as well. They're a, they're a hardcore team. But Lindsay, the best match. You know, did you watch the Spurs? Um, the Spurs Liverpool game. I did watch the Spurs. Yeah, yeah I, I watched every. I, and I really thought that Spurs were a little yeah. bit unlucky there. You know, two minutes into injury time, they equalised to make it three all, having been on their knees. Yeah. And then that stupid defender who's, who, right, yeah. at any time during the, the, the game, okay, you maybe get away with it. With one minute to go, you don't do that. And Liverpool won 4-3. And I didn't well, like the way Jurgen Klopp it. behaved during the game either. He's, know, he's starting know. to tick me off a bit. I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, he did pull his hamstring, which is a good sign. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> but, I, but, but I, I, you know what happened? The first thing they teach you in soccer when you play, don't pass across the goal. Just scoop it out, man. Yes. And now we fiddle around. I mean, one minute to go, not even. 20 seconds, 28 seconds after the kickoff, I mean, after equalizing. Yeah, he loses. Con Just kick it upfield. I don't care. You know, don't try and be fancy. At ah, anyway. Yeah. I just I feel for the poor Spurs chap because he only came in. What's his name? Mora. He only came in much later, and uh, I just thought, oh God, can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Just who fit into Spurs, the cop? Eh? Who fit into the cop or into the stands on or the whatever. side? Uh, but yeah. no, to pass it back like that was so stupid. Uh, one yeah. one sour note for me, David. Uh, to, to, uh, there's always something that spoils my joy. Um, I've gone to the camp now, the Barcelona ground, which was uh, first built in, um, well, built in 1957. I've, I've attended my last game at the old camp now because they're closing it down. You're uh, kidding. No. They're, 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 Barcelona are moving for a season to the Olympic Stadium, the 1992 Olympic Stadium in um, a hill above Barcelona. It's only got 60,000 capacity, and that's less than the average Barcelona get every, every, every home game. So I'm not going to be able to go and see Barcelona for a season. Then they go back to the camp now, uh, which is still being built at half capacity um, until 2025, 2026, when it will be covered it'll have a it'll have a roof which at the moment it doesn't three quarters of the stadium is it's, it's lovely you sit in the sun you can see the mountains in in the background mm, yeah. it's beautiful uh, but it'll be a hundred and five thousand seater biggest stadium in oh, europe wow. and it's going to be spectacular and also a spectacular price thanks to uh, goldman sachs one point <laughs> a 1.3 billion upgrade it's not just a new stadium it's just an upgrade 1.3 billion euros how's that oh wow well, so uh, 
Anyway, so what are they doing? How do they finance themselves in the interim? I mean, this is the big mystery. They they they're completely uh, broke. I mean, I know <laughs> they've got billions of debt. But anyway, Goldman Sachs seems to like it, so we'll see. Oh. David, thank you very much owned, for your time. It's owned by what? the fans. Eh? It's not owned by anybody. It's no, it's, it's, it's still it's, owned by the fans. It's like a. There's a governing committee. It's uh, anyway exactly. So it's, it's an almost all uh, season ticket uh, arrangement, but it mm. is owned by the fans and the the big sponsor is Spotify. So it'll be the Spotify camp now in in, in the future. That's what it's been named, which I don't mind as long as they give them a bit of money here and there because they need it. David, thank you very much for your time as always. Okay. Uh, David uh, Shapiro is from Sassoon Securities, and we'll speak on Thursday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.